0: To make a difference, and welcome to the first edition of the Neil A. Crusoe Show podcast. We're coming to you live from New York, where it is raining, and it is a nasty nor'easter we have here. The South had it yesterday; we have it here. A lot of winds, reaching up to forty miles per hour. But you don't want to hear the weather report from me. Welcome to the podcast show. So, what we do on this podcast? We're going to have a daily podcast program where we talk all things. News, politics, go over everything that's going on, of course, at the White House with the Trump administration, uh, there is a ton to talk about, and a busy, busy day for Donald J. Trump, his, well, I guess the first work day in office, but you know him, he just never stops. I mean, for anyone that thinks that Donald Trump does not work pretty much 24-7 is sorely mistaken, and we'll talk about him being underestimated before, because it's nothing new, but Just to go over the day that he had in office today, well, he started out early this morning tweeting at 6 o'clock, which, listen, I'm all in favor of Trump tweeting because the media, as we know with this whole weekend with the protests and the inauguration, the nitpick, and frankly, I'm disappointed in them. As a media member, I guess I'm technically part of the media I'm disappointed in the way that they have been handling themselves because they're not covering the stories fair and balanced. I know that's Fox News saying they're not covering it fair and balanced. Let's be honest. They nitpick, um, and they're just not covering the things that matter. What should matter is as I'm recording this this evening at eight twelve p.m. Eastern time, Rex Tillerson was just— officially confirmed as Secretary of State. The problem is, why did it take this long for a third confirmation? Okay, The cabinet under Obama, on day one, you had seven confirmations. Trump was the quickest president in history to have put in his nominations. He vetted them. He put them in. He put in good people. We could talk about each cabinet position, but I'm not going to today. But he put in his team pretty early. And what happens? The Democrats, now, they cannot filibuster because when the Democrats controlled Congress in 2009, when Obama came in, they enforced the nuclear option, which says the Republicans or the minority party cannot filibuster. So now the Democrats can't filibuster. But they're playing a million delay tactics, and Chuck Schumer is causing a lot of problems— For the country, Mike Pompeo is confirmed now this evening. And I guess Tillerson is not even officially confirmed. It's just the first hurdle. But Mike Pompeo is confirmed as the CIA director. But you're playing politics with national security. It's ludicrous. And when you only have two confirmations on day one to purposely screw Trump, you're not screwing Trump. You're screwing the country. And the Democrats are playing political games. Frankly, I think they may lose more seats in two years, especially if Trump gets things done like he's doing. And we talk about today. Okay, now this weekend he's working. He's talking to Benjamin Netanyahu, the Israeli Prime Minister, who Obama tried to unseat. Talked to Netanyahu and said, "Let's let's talk about the uh, our relationship with Israel." Trump is pro-Israel. We need them. It's our biggest ally in the Middle East. They're next to Iran, the largest state sponsor of terror, and Saudi Arabia. We need them. Okay? Trump said that he wants to move the U.S. embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Only fair. The Palestinians are occupied by Hamas and other terror groups in the area. And, frankly, a two-state solution, which is Obama's solution, it's not going to solve the conflict. Israel, they're the good guys. So we get to be pro-Israel. It's pretty basic stuff. So today, he had a meeting this morning. He tweeted out that he would have it. He had a big meeting um, with business leaders, which he's done before Trump Tower. Some of the um, people that were there, by the way, you have uh, Michael Dell, uh, the owner of Dell Technologies. You have uh, Whirlpool, Ford Motor Company, Johnson & Johnson, uh, Dow Chemical, SpaceX, Elon Musk was there, the president of Under Armour. Yeah, a number of uh, business leaders there, and he hosted them at the White House and President Trump. Feels good to say President Trump, doesn't it? Feels pretty good. Um, and so— The president hosted them to talk about regulations, about economic growth, get their input. So now we're involving the private sector instead of of large bureaucrats in Washington telling us how to spend our money. And President Trump has kept his campaign promises. Now, he said today he's going to get rid of upwards of 75% of unnecessary regulations. Why is that important? Well, I'll tell you why. Forget about large businesses, because obviously they can hire someone to do the regulations, which is still a waste of money. But small business owners, and I know a lot of small business owners, and I've seen it first and second hand, that they spend days and days, which add up to weeks and months of the year, filing paperwork and filing uh, regulations in order to meet uh, the inefficient enforcement by the Washington bureaucrats because they come to the small business owners, auditors. They have no idea what the hell they're doing. They're young people that don't even know how to read a balance sheet in the case of financial regulations, and they're going to enforce our regulate. I mean, they don't even know what they're talking about. So... There are so many unnecessary regulations that just waste time and money. What can small business owners do with that time and money? Oh, maybe hire more workers okay, and actually uh, do their job. So that's one thing. Trump also said, again, he's going to lower the corporate tax rate to 15%. Now, Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell, of the GOP, uh, having a 20% right now because um, they – don't want to add to the federal deficit, and we know that President Obama added more to the deficit than any president, all 43 presidents before him combined. We have it almost $20 trillion debt, $19 trillion and something. So if we cut the corporate tax to 15, maybe it'll go up to 17, who knows? That's a negotiation, but Trump says 15%. Well, now you have capital to spend money to hire workers to invest in the country, okay? And what's that going to do? Spur economic growth. Regulations stifle economic growth. The country right now is growing at a rate of about 2.9% of GDP. We used to grow at about 4% of GDP. China grows at 6.7% of GDP, but that's another issue because they devaluate their currency and they rip us off through trade deals, which— Trump is already starting to deal with. That's another thing today that he tackled. He fulfilled the campaign promises that was nonpartisan, really, non-ideological, to get rid of TPP. So he signed an executive order today, and he, his first executive order, which was within hours of being sworn in on Friday, was to start to um, undo Obamacare, and said that um, let's ease up on the regulatory burden, which is what the executive order read, to get rid of the Affordable Care Act that needs to be repealed and replaced hopefully simultaneously, and really, why not aim high? Why can't we do it simultaneously? Now, TPP, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, hurts American workers. Bernie Sanders supported this. Hillary Clinton called it the gold standard. Okay. <laughs> yeah, not so funny because then she flip flopped and ended up uh, supporting getting rid of the TPP. But it's pretty clear that she would end up supporting it if she was president. But luckily, Hillary Clinton is not the president of the United States, it is President Donald Trump. And he got rid of the TPP. Bernie Sanders applauded it. I mean, thank God it was nonpartisan. And then, you know, Chucky e. Schumer. Okay, he was really a pain in the neck, got to tell you. All right, he goes and he issues a statement today saying, quote, TPP was uh, was long done before President Trump took office. We await real action on trade. I mean, can you just support the fact that it was nonpartisan and then he got rid of the TPP and did something that, all Americans wanted because it was an unfair trade deal that basically gave Asian countries more power. No. He's going to talk and run his mouth, and he thinks that he's like the man in Washington now. Well, hate to tell you, but Americans voted for change. They want Trump's policies, and he has a whole contract of things that he wants to institute. And he says, I'm going to be the best job president. Let's give him a chance to do that. But obviously Schumer's appealing to his base, but the funny part is Schumer, the Democratic leadership, the Republican leadership, Paul Ryan Mitch McConnell, are meeting with the president this evening. On Monday evening. In case you're listening to this another day. And they are going to discuss Trump's agenda. Because Trump frankly has a mandate. Because he put out this contract and said we need to change the way we do business. And it's time for a president who is not bought by special interests and does not owe anything to anybody except the American people. The other two executive orders he signed today, well, one was the Mexico City policy. It's only called the Mexico City policy because it was first uh, brought to the forefront at a convention in Mexico City. Um, The Mexico City policy, which let's talk about it, it's, uh, he got rid of it. It funds uh, abortions internationally. So he uh, dismantled that. And what happens is since Ronald Reagan, presidents either sign on to it or dismantle it just by, Stroke of the pen, and that's been going on since 81 with Reagan. So it's nothing new. Obama obviously put it back in place. Now Trump gets rid of it. W took it out of place before him. You know, Bill Clinton uh, was in favor of the Mexico City policy. But why are we paying for other countries' abortions? Seriously. Like, we waste so much money, this government. And that leads us to the last executive order that he did today, and he's going to obviously dismantle a lot of Obama's policies. This one, he put a hiring freeze on the federal workforce that excludes the military because obviously we need to upgrade our military. We have a dilapidated military in terms of equipment and, um, frankly, depleted in terms of our military force. So a hiring freeze to decrease the size of government. Why is government telling us everything we need to do in our lives? They almost tell us when to go to the bathroom. So that's—which is part of Mr. Trump's day. He also met with union leaders today, and union leaders came out of the White House today to describe the meeting with President Trump as, quote, the most incredible meeting of our careers. Is that unprecedented for a Republican president? I mean, union leaders, typically, that's a Democratic institution, Democrat Party-owned And Trump said, listen, he told flat out, we're going to put the American workers first. We're going to make sure that they get their jobs back, and we're going to do everything we could to favor the American worker. And what's so wrong with that? Why are we favoring other countries? America first. America first. He's the president of the United States, not the world. So... What a day, and now he's meeting with the leadership in Washington to talk about instituting his legislative agenda, which he wants to be done by both parties. And frankly, that's the way it should be, is getting bipartisan support. But it's, his agenda is not really ideological. And his speech was very nonpartisan, but he's getting ripped apart from the left. I mean, there are people calling him a Nazi. That's totally uncalled for. And frankly, a lot of the left, they're the ones who are intolerant. The women's march over the weekend, they excluded women who are pro-life. So all of a sudden, women who march, okay, for the women's march, you have to be, you have to fit their mold. And all of a sudden for them, pro-choice, is great in every aspect unless you have—you choose a different political ideology. So apparently you can't choose to be Republican because then you're racist, sexist, homophobic, Islamophobic, xenophobic. It's the same nonsense, which is totally not true, and it didn't stick with Trump. Now, Trump's agenda—and I have his contract on my desk because— I want him to actually go through with the policies. This is what he promised to the American people. And he's still being fought on it tooth and nail from all sides of the establishment. Now, Trump's contract specifically says we're going to repeal and replace Obamacare. We're going to put in a better system with health savings accounts, so it would be – will also increase competition in the private sector. Private insurance companies should be able to compete because right now there's no competition and there's 110% in York premiums in Arizona. And premiums and deductibles are skyrocketing. You can't even use the damn insurance. Trump also has promised to secure our borders, the wall being a necessary component of that, Sean Spicer had a press briefing today, which we'll get to in a second because there was one thing he said, which was totally correct. And Spicer basically he said that the wall is going to happen. We're working on it now through the appropriations process. George W. Bush wanted to put in the wall. Obama nixed it when he got in. And we also need to vet refugees who come in? why do we allow them to come in without knowing who they are? And I love that Trump said, as an inaugural address, we will eradicate radical Islamic terrorism from the face of the earth. Finally, a president who can say we will get rid of terrorists. It's simple. Deporting criminal illegal immigrants enforcing laws, supporting those who protect us, including law enforcement, and our military members and our veterans. You know, 20 veterans commit suicide every day. And they're dying waiting on lines. I've seen it at the VA. So, for President Trump... A big part of his agenda has to be supporting our vets and making sure that they can go to any hospital they choose. They should be allowed that. They protected our freedom and saw things that no one, no one, of us, American citizens, could fathom. Also, on the economic front, allowing corporate corporations to be taxed at fifteen percent, job-wise, okay. And then also repatriate money that's gone overseas, taxing it at only 10%, and invest in the country. Now, he's already done 12 things that I've kept track of since Trump's been elected, even before he was president. Carrier kept 1,100 American jobs instead of sending them to Mexico. SoftBank CEO Masayoshi Stone investing $50 billion to create 50,000 American jobs. Sprint bringing back 5,000 jobs in the U.S. that were sent overseas. OneWeb, which is a new company, is creating 3,000 jobs in the U.S. Ford cancels a $1.6 billion plant in Mexico, saving 3,500 American jobs, creating new, a new innovative center as an expansion of its Flat Rock, Michigan plant by investing $700 million in the U.S., creating 700 American jobs. Qualcomm and Apple investing in SoftBank's new technology fund that's being used to create 50,000 American jobs. Fiat Chrysler will spend a $1 billion in U.S. manufacturing, including modernizing their plants in Michigan and Ohio, adding 2,000 new American jobs. Toyota will spend $10 billion in U.S. capital investments and will expand its U.S. plant over the next five years. Alibaba's chief executive, Jack Ma, met with Trump to discuss the creation of a million American jobs, specifically focusing on American growth. And then, the the last three, Amazon, creating 100,000 jobs in the first year and a half of the Trump presidency, Walmart, creating 10,000 jobs in the U.S. this year, and GM, investing a billion dollars in U.S. factories this year, moving some parts of production from Mexico the United States that was previously handled by a supplier. Twelve things. Because they have faith in Trump's economic policies. He's already making some major changes and the guy doesn't stop working. What you don't understand about President Trump is he's a workaholic and he's only taking a $1 salary because he has to. We're lucky that we have a workaholic as president. And the thing about him is He is driven by success. He doesn't want to fail. He wants to truly be the best president for you. In fact, I have this pen here, and I think that's the first phrase. I will be the greatest president that God ever created. I have this Trump pen, and it uh, has some Trump quotes in there. What's the next one? Look, I'm really rich. (laughs) But anyway. He really wants to be the best president. You got to give him a chance. And his policies include ethics reforms to institute term limits on Congress. Because why is it fair that they go to Washington, they forget about you, the American people, and they're there forever? And they don't serve your interests. Remember, we, us, we are the taxpayers who pay their salaries. They work for us. And that's what Trump's been saying all along. And his inauguration speech was an indictment on the establishment, which has been the case for two years. I don't know why everyone's, like, freaking out over his inaugural speech. He's been saying the same thing for two years. And he's turned out to be right. Trump's going to enhance U.S. armed forces, including updating The military equipment and provide monetary support leading by peace through strength, as Reagan promoted. And the VA we talked about. Renegotiating trade deals. NAFTA is next on his agenda to renegotiate. Signed by President Bill Clinton. And not only NAFTA, but he wants to institute... Smarter trade policies, possibly with Britain. He met with the Britain Prime Minister on Friday at the White House. TPP he abandoned today. Trump also seeks to accomplish energy independence by using our own resources as opposed to dealing with terror sponsored nations like Iran and Saudi Arabia that are rich in oil. Trump says he will reevaluate commitments to the UN and NATO. For which the United, Sp- United States spends a majority of Jews without enough reward to the U.S. and its allies. I mean, the U.N., how pathetic is the fact that Syria, okay, Aleppo, What what is Aleppo? <laughs> Remember when Gary Johnson said that? Oh, God. Anyway, talking about there are a cl- few cuckoo birds, okay, Gary Johnson, one of them. The other one is Elizabeth Warren. Well, that's for another day, okay? But Aleppo is, we torn, is totally destroyed. It's a humanitarian crisis. And the UN, what, last month, voted to monitor the situation in Aleppo. And if it gets worse, we'll go there. They're all talk, no action. We're going to monitor. It's like that commercial where you have the, the dental monitor and the security monitor. Okay, enough with the monitoring. Time for action. So this is a very ambitious agenda that Trump is putting forth. It is an American exceptionalism agenda. We will make America great again. And hopefully he will because it'll be for the good of the country. Because if he succeeds, the country succeeds, and that's what President Obama said on November 10th when they met at the White House for the first time. So that's the Trump agenda, and he's working very, very hard for the American people. But what's the media choose to talk about? Okay. Now I know Trump talks about crowd size, whatever, but the media now is playing gotcha games. Oh, Obama had more people there. First of all, If you call the National Park Service, which keeps those type of records, as they own that land, they did not keep track of how many people were there. They did not take attendance. And it is very hard to tell because they put a white tarp on for this inauguration. So it looks like there's more space as you see a lot of white, but in reality in 2009 there was a lot of grass and you can't see it. Now, I guess somebody could blow up the picture and count how many people But when you take into account the millions of people who watched it on TV, who watched it on Facebook Live, on Twitter, who watched it after the fact, who watched it on all networks, cable and the major networks, who listened to it on the radio, who maybe listened to it on a podcast on YouTube, Millions of people watched the inauguration. And nip, And then to some jerk of a reporter tweets out a picture, oh, the Martin Luther King Jr. bus is not there. Trump's a racist. It's not in the Oval Office. Like they're playing gotcha games. The bus was there the whole time. Someone was standing in front of it. And what difference does it make anyway? If the bus wasn't there, it's not a racial thing. Maybe he just wants Obama's crap out of there. But no, it was there. And so is a bus on Winston Churchill that is terrible reporting. And then what's the apology? The apology is, oh, well, retraction, very small letters. It was there. Okay? The people that see it first is where the fake news comes into play. If you see it on Twitter, you think it's a fact and it's not true. And they continue to underestimate Trump. White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer, 79-minute press briefing today. Good Lord. Listen to the whole thing. The major, One major point that he made, and they grilled him on a lot, but it really wasn't a policy, which I wish it was. Because they will understand policy anyway. They asked him a question. Spicer made this point and went on a rant about it, and I agree. He said, quote, It's not just about the crowd size. It's about this constant theme to undercut the enormous support that the president has. I mean, the press and liberals in general, they keep making the same mistakes of underestimating the president. I mean, I put this on my Facebook page earlier. You can check it out, by the way. Uh, My Facebook page, it's uh, at uh, facebook.com slash uh, Neil A. Caruso. Last name, by the way, spelled C-A-R-O-U-S-S-O, spelled the Greek way. Um, my favorite quotes that I compiled here: Donald Trump has no path to two hundred and seventy. Why is he wasting his time in Pennsylvania? Why is he in Michigan? He is a joke candidate. Remember that he won't run. Hold Trump out. He's not even gonna. He's gonna take the nomination, and then he's actually gonna drop out after the convention. <laughs> Trump will ruin the Republican Party. It'll be the death of the Republicans as you know it. Hillary Clinton will beat Trump so bad, Hillary's going to kill him. He's going to totally dismantle him. Trump has no chance. Trump has no specific plan. Actually, it's a very specific plan and a contract with the American voter. Trump can't win. Well, guess what, folks? Trump wins. Trump is a winner. And he is your 45th president. And it's time to support him. Time to support the country uh, and hope that he does the best for the American people. No, Trump is not a racist. He's actually a good man. He gives the opportunity to people of all races, of all sexes. Maybe you should do a little reading. I've read his books, I've done my research. He's not a bigot. And to call every single person that you meet that you don't agree with a bigot is pretty close minded yourself for those liberal snowflakes out there. Because there are many people who, and I've gotten it, and it's upsetting. You call someone a bigot because you don't agree with them. How intolerant is that of you? And respect goes two ways. So it's going to be a fascinating Trump presidency. It really is. And hopefully, we have policies that work for the American people. America first. Hopefully. And we'll see. And we'll be following it on this podcast. So. The purpose of this podcast. On the Neil A. Cruiser show podcast. we am going to be talking about. All the news of the day. The politics. I'm going to tell you things that. You will not hear. In the mainstream press. Because frankly. They don't have the time to talk about it. And. I'm going to tell you the truth. Now. If Trump doesn't do something that puts Americans first, I'll tell you. I'll criticize him. Right now, he's doing everything right, and it's only his fourth day. And we'll talk about policy. We'll have guests on. We'll talk about protecting our vets. We'll have series. You can go onto my website, neilacaruso.com. We have content up there, news, politics, veterans. Very important stuff. We have a new talk show coming out. And a big announcement that I will make very soon. But the future. The podcast. We're going to have a weekly show. From my office where I'm streaming right now. And we're going to have fun. We're going to talk about things that no one talks about. And we're going to work. To try to make a difference. Make an impact in people's lives. Help people. And hopefully open the dialogue. You could tweet at me. At Neil A. Caruso. Go on my Facebook page, Instagram, the whole thing. But just have some courtesy, some respect. Otherwise, I block people. And I will counterpunch because, frankly, you shouldn't take things lying down. You shouldn't be called a bigot and have to take it. So I'm positive right now, okay, because President Trump is doing things that are helping the American people, that are helping American workers, and if you look at it without looking into a filter of your ideological views, if you look at it unbiased, you'll see that he's doing some tremendous things. And we could talk about the cabinet picks, and we could debate that. Debate is healthy. Dialogue is healthy. But it's important that you keep it in a respectable manner because, you know, if you're going to just start going off on people because they're conservative or they're Republican, that's just intolerant of yourself. So, Trump's done all great things. He's working it's put off. I mean, this weekend he's working. They're saying, well, Donald Trump's not going to work until Monday and he's not going to work this weekend. Give me a break. He worked all weekend. He made phone calls, talked to world leaders, and worked towards figuring out what policies he has to undo because we're in a mess. We're not in a safe place. The world is not safer than it was before. 95 million Americans out of the labor force. The lowest labor participation rate since the 70s. 13 million more Americans have food stamps since Obama took office. And 43 million in poverty the lowest home ownership rate in 51 years. We have a lot of work to do. And hopefully, Trump being such a workaholic can get the work done and can work his butt off for the American people. So that's where we stand. We will continue this podcast. We'll get it up on iTunes. You can check me out all over. I'm at Neil A. Caruso on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And go on my website, neilacaruso.com. We're so thankful that you're listening right now. And we love your input, and we're going to be covering things fairly and tell you things that no one else will tell you. Me and you, we're having a conversation. The Neil A. Caruso Show podcast. Thank you for listening. We'll have more to come. And stay tuned, all right? And hopefully... We truly do make America great again. We will make America great again. So help me God. Congratulations, Mr. President. Yeah. So thanks for tuning in for the first edition of the Neil A. Cruz Show podcast. And we'll have much more for you to come. So thank you again. And we'll talk to you soon.